Hey guys, this is Coach Butter. Welcome to another episode of the Wellness and High Performance Podcast. And again, I'm very happy that we have a very special guest here in the episode. We have Coach Teresa West joining us. Hey everyone. Thank you so much for coming to the studio and you actually made it here. <laughs> Thanks. Fantastic. Do Thanks you live somewhere close by? Yeah, I do actually. So this location works really well for me. Oh very, yeah. Very convenient. Very convenient. Yes. Fantastic. In today's episode, Coach Teresa and I, we wanted to address a question that a lot of people, you know, some people actually pose it, but then a lot of people are kind of thinking about it and it might actually be holding them back from being able to maximize their time at the gym. And that question is, does weight training make you bulky? Mm. Yeah. Does weight training make you bulky? I think that it's holding a lot of women back from getting started with resistance training. Absolutely. And also some men, I think. Hmm, I think so too. Yeah. I've I've noticed it from both sides of the party. Yeah, like I can see it totally, you know, some of my clients have in the past they've complained to me that hey man, like this training is actually getting really expensive. Because I'm having to buy all these new suits and I'm having to buy all these new shirts. And yeah, absolutely. Like if your your idea of what you want to look like, and in particular if you are in the corporate world, you know, this kind of a um, lean, a little bit muscular, and then uh, like athletic looking physique, like that's kind of what people are going for. Yeah. And then if you get too big, then well, now you're actually, yeah, probably going to have to buy some new suits. That's right. Yeah. And like when you're kind of wearing suits and you're totally covered up I can understand how if it is a lot of mass hiding under there sometimes people don't often know whether it is muscle or whether it is that's very true although if it is you know lean muscle tissue then you do see it like you it, it it becomes evidently clear that it's not just any tissue there so we're going to cover this thing from a from a couple different angles and i think that first of all i have to empathize with people who are afraid of lifting weights because it might build too much muscle mass because you know if you if you look at the most bulky people in the world aka professional bodybuilders like Mm -hmm. what do they do well they lift weights they do and a lot of weights they they lift a lot of weights very often and they're they're really damn bulky these days, yeah. especially especially the ones who take a bit of enhancement in terms of some special sports supplements that, True. as they're called, um, those people are extremely extremely bulky. Yeah. But just from like a very you know common sense perspective, like I'm not afraid to learn how to cook because I'd be afraid of becoming a Michelin star chef. You know, that's just, it's just never going to happen. The amount of work, dedication, study, consistency that I would have to put into the craft of cooking over many, 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 many years to become a professional in it, to become a Michelin star chef, it's just never going to happen. Like, I just don't have that time. I have other commitments in my life. And cooking is something that, you know, I enjoy. Mostly, I actually enjoy eating her food. But I do enjoy operating the barbecue, which is, it's my job. You know, everything else is, is, it's not her job. She just loves it. So I let her do it. <laughs> anyway, I I digress. The, the, the main point really is that it's, you're never gonna, like, 
get that deep into the... You're never going to look like a professional bodybuilder by accident. Yes. So true. Like, it's just never going to happen. Yeah. And I think those professionals and those people who do, you know, um, do bodybuilding competitions, like, they need to be given more credit. Because it takes a lot of dedication and weighing a lot of your macronutrients and making sure that you're hitting calorie targets. And for some of these individuals, like, they're eating to some very uncomfortable levels if you know what i mean like yeah. they generally have to eat more than they really feel comfortable with to be able to gain that much mass that's a really good point <laughs> so i think where a lot of people kind of um they become afraid is if they when they start lifting weights originally you know like if you're someone who's never lifted lifted weights before at all in the beginning like you can literally do whatever like the smallest amount of stimulus that you give to your body is going to create some adaptation. You know, going to a, even just like going driving past the gym or typing the gym name into your GPS, like that's probably gonna build some muscle tissue. Or you know, people who start going to a spinning class also might find that they're actually building some muscle tissue even in their upper body. Mm, That's just because if you've never been exposed to this stimulus, even a very little amount of that stimulus is going to cause your body to create adaptations. Mm. But now, once you're past that beginner stage, the newbie gains, gains, that's a little bit different for everyone. You know, how long does that last? Yeah. Now it actually becomes way more difficult to keep putting on that lean muscle tissue. Yes. Yeah. And I think we should, you know, kind of good thing to talk about there is like, well, you know, why would we actually want to put on muscle tissue? Mm. And then how do we do it? Like, what are the things that need to be in place so that we can put on lean muscle tissue? Yes. Yeah. So what comes to mind with that for you? So why? Why? Yeah. Why would you why would you want to put on? Um, lean muscle tissue. Yeah. And why, why shouldn't you be afraid of it? Yeah, like, why do we keep talking about it? I feel like, you know, clearly a lot of fitness professionals, trainers, coaches, are, they keep saying, okay, you've got to have lean muscle tissue. Da, da, da. Why is it so important? Yeah, let's talk about it. So, from an aesthetic perspective, when you have more muscle on your body, more lean muscle mass, whatever you want to call it, it actually gives that illusion, quote unquote, of you looking more athletic. It creates definition. It creates those lines through your body that uh, that we see. We may not always know, so, like consciously, but from a from a visual perspective, that's what we see, and that's what makes us, um, you know, admire somebody's physique, especially females who you know they do want to be on that leaner more toned body uh, but it's it's seeing that definition and the lines that makes you be like wow she's got a great physique yeah so you're almost saying that that very like nebulous term being more toned mm. like what you're actually saying is having some level of lean muscle tissue 100%. low enough levels of body fat yes. so that you can see those lines in the physique and you can actually see the definition and the mm-hmm. shape of the body totally absolutely like 
you know, the supermodels that you see on the runway, um, those females, they have lean muscle tissue. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not just skin and bone. It may to some individuals look like they're skin and bone, but for them to be at that high level of modeling, like they will have muscle tissue. Yeah. And this is something that drives me crazy. And we'll get to this a little bit more about when we talk about like, what do you actually need to do to then build lean muscle tissue? But a lot of, um, for example, someone who is advertising uh, some Pilates thing, for example, like is that like some in Pilates, you do not expose yourself to enough tension on the muscles that you'd be able to actually grow any respectable amount of muscle mass mm. but then oftentimes when you see these advertisements for pilates gyms as as a for instance mm. and you look at the person who's in the cover like you didn't get to that by doing pilates mm. like sorry you've mm. been you've been you've been like putting in the work yeah. in the in the resistance training side of things Absolutely. and now you've just been slapped onto this billboard thing and said that it was the pilates mm. It is not. Mm. It's it's just yeah. not. Especially That's... if there's like no progressive overload being, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll go into that yeah. a little bit more. <laughs> but just I think, what about then? So aesthetically, you know, aesthetically. we want if we want to look better, which is most people's goal when you go to the gym, it is to look better. Yeah. So conclusion is that we to look better, to look better with less clothes on, you need more lean muscle tissue and less body fat concealing what kind of muscles and shape we're actually hiding underneath there. Yes. What about from a function, functional perspective? Why would someone want to have lean muscle tissue? Yeah, well, let's look at the science. People who generally have more muscle tissue on them, they live longer and uh, more healthier lives, I guess. Once you get to, especially for females, past that 60 to 65 age bracket, uh, you know, when menopause is really in its, uh, you know, when it's happening, we are at more risk of losing muscle tissue. And then consequence, consequently, this can lead to more injuries. And for some females, unfortunately, it doesn't take a lot um, for them to get an injury for example my mum for example for example she she got a repetitive strain yeah. through her rotator cuff <laughs> she, she <laughs> tore her rotator cuff from having to fold many um towels and pillowcases re- yeah. repeatedly which is yeah it's, it's a shame yeah yeah of course there's, there's a very repetitive thing with that in, in that specific instance yes but still, like lean muscle tissue and being a better, because muscle tissue helps you to be a better force producer. Mm. Being a better force producer and being stronger will dramatically reduce your likelihood of injuring yourself, whether you're running, folding clothes, or you know, carrying, picking, carrying your baby, carrying your groceries, helping your friend to move, and you have to bend down to pick up a couch if you're a better force producer and you have more muscle tissue on you these things just you don't even think about it it's just Mm. something that's super easy and it's not taxing on your system Mm -hmm. at all Mm. whereas if you don't have that muscle tissue and you're not that good at producing force Mm. now all these minor stressors that the modern life and life in general forever has thrown at us now they become something that takes a little more out of us, mm. even though they shouldn't really do that. Yeah, you know? absolutely. 
Yeah. From a longevity perspective, we know that cardiovascular fitness is by far the number one predictor of all-cause mortality. You know, as long as you have a certain level of aerobic fitness, your likelihood of dying from any reason is dramatically lower than if your cardiovascular fitness is below that certain threshold. So now a lot of people will go and listen to that and they say, oh, okay, so that means that all I have to do is to ever train my cardio, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm only going to do spinning, I'm only going to go to the group fitness classes, I'm going to do the body pump, the body attack and all that. That's great. That is 100% developing your cardiorespiratory system. Now, here's the thing, though, that you want to know and you want to be aware of, in particular for your later years. See, when you are doing your cardio, when you're doing your aerobic exercise, what's actually the thing that's propelling you forwards in space? Mm. It's your muscles, Mm. right? So your muscles are producing work. Mm. And when your muscles produce work, now it is your cardiorespiratory system that needs to upregulate itself. It needs to work harder to keep providing oxygen to your cells so that your cells can keep generating energy and you can keep doing your cardiovascular work. Mm. So what Teresa was saying, when we get to a certain age and we start losing lean muscle tissue, what actually ends up becoming a problem for older individuals is that if you don't have enough lean muscle tissue to start with, and then you lose muscle tissue even more, mm. and now you get to a point where you literally can't produce enough force to propel yourself forwards in space quickly enough mm. to create a demand for your cardiorespiratory system to respond to. And that's a really bad thing. If you're an older individual mm. and your cardiovascular fitness is not good and you're very slow mm. because you don't have enough muscle tissue to propel yourself forwards enough forwards in space quickly enough, that's a really not a good place to be. Mm. And from like a all-cause mortality risk perspective, mm-hmm. like if you want to know like on the street like who's at at a higher risk of dying at any point in time mm. like if someone's really old and if someone is old and they're really slow mm. that's uh that's something that you don't want to don't want mm. yeah to go into the bottom line is that now is the time to put in the work mm. longevity longevity now is the time to put in the work and even though you know I oftentimes question myself, why do I always keep going back to these, like these things that are affecting old people? But it's like, on one hand, um, you have to put in the work right now mm. to set the stage for the for the future and for your how you age effectively in the future. Mm-hmm. But then, as I said earlier, number two is by taking action now, you're actually also making your life smoother and more enjoyable in every other aspect yes yeah for sure yeah i think it's wonderful to see uh clients around their early to mid 20s and they come in and they've they realize like okay it's it's almost now or never because i don't know if they see it from 
colleagues or their parents um, but something in their life has come up and they've realized okay like if I if if I'm struggling to fit health and fitness into my lifestyle now yeah unfortunately it's probably not going to get any easier let's try to build these habits let's try to make health and fitness just part of my life and then you know it will become yeah just part of your life yeah. part of your lifestyle and mm. you just you will fit it into your schedule your routine in some way shape or form as the years go by and you'll always make it happen Yes. You'll always make it happen. But if you're thinking to yourself, I'm going to wait until mm. X so yes. that so that the stars are aligned perfectly yeah. so that I'm going to start training. That's right. Well, guess what? Universe doesn't work that way. Universe is mm-hmm. always going to throw you something else in front of you. Yes. And the time is never going to be perfect. perfect. Never yeah. will be. No. So whatever you can do if it's one session a week two sessions a week mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. it's a million times better yes than waiting for that time in the future That's when it. when it's going to be the right time yeah. to do it 100 percent. i think that mentality is is quite dangerous yes <laughs> waiting for the perfect time because yeah there's there's no perfect time now is the perfect time now is the perfect time. There's this uh, Chinese proverb that uh, when's the best time to plant the tree? Mm. You had that one? No, I haven't. Yeah. The best time to plant the tree was 20 years ago oh. so that you would actually have a tree right now. Yeah. But if you weren't there to plant it 20 years ago, then the next best thing to do is to put the seed on the ground right now mm. because then you'll actually have a tree in 20 years down the line. Mm. Okay, so now that we've kind of really knuckled this thing down that you know lean muscle tissue you shouldn't be afraid of it um it's actually like one of the most important things and one of the most important organs that you can add into your onto your body and into your life so now the question becomes how do you do it Mm. you know what's what's the most important thing that we should focus on if our goal is to build lean muscle tissue at the gym Mm. well First of all, we want to lift some weights. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. what does lifting weights do? Like, so, what what is the what is the thing that we're trying to do when we lift weights? Okay, we are creating a stimulus onto the body. We are providing some stress. Yep. Onto the body, and we're going to fuel our body after that. We're going to rest and recover, and then. Because of that stress, the body is going to think to itself, Oh, I actually need to come back after this session a little bit stronger with perhaps a little bit more muscle tissue mm-hmm. so that the next time this human comes in to the gym, she can actually lift this a little bit better. And, and this isn't going to be such a stressful thing onto the body. Absolutely. That's a really good explanation. And a little bit more specifically, like what is it about the that's different from lifting weights and the type of stress that lifting weights can give to your body and then if we compare that to my earlier example of going to a group fitness class where i'm doing like a body pump thing or a body combat whatever and i feel like i'm getting sweaty i'm definitely i might feel a little bit sore afterwards but how is that why is that not building muscle tissue Mm, good question well the thing is 
because of the nature of group classes and they they change a lot week to week or perhaps you don't go to the same class it's not the same routine it's a different stimulus on the body each time so don't get me wrong initially uh, from a cardiovascular perspective and obviously depending on what what class you go to uh, you will um, you will adapt you will get fitter, perhaps you'll get stronger, you'll be able to sit into a squat a little bit better, you'll be able to do some of the exercises a little bit better. Mm. Uh, but long term, or even moderate term, we're not really applying a more systematic approach to our body to be able to see that um, that adaptation happen that's exactly right and i think that one of the limitations of those things is that is that as the, literally the biggest limitation is the fact that you're not providing enough mechanical tension mm. on your muscles because if we really we break it down like what actually built muscle well we have different ways in which to stimulate muscle growth and by far the most important way to stimulate muscle growth is to apply mechanical tension onto the muscles and the thing about to understand about mechanical tension is that it is an unconscious response to a force that's being placed on the muscle i'll give you an example right now i can flex my biceps so hard mm. that i'm it's it can literally like i actually have to stop because i know that it might actually it feels like it's gonna cramp or tear i don't, I don't want to do that but does that mean that I'm actually now generating a lot of mechanical tension on my bicep? No, because I'm literally flexing it against air. So there's literally no mechanical tension, next to none, being placed on, on my bicep. But if I now take a 10 kilo dumbbell, mm. that gravity is pushing that 10 kilo dumbbell, is accelerating it towards the ground. So now my bicep, actually has to contract and now there's actually a force that's being placed upon on the muscle yes okay so we need enough mechanical tension to stimulate uh, muscle growth and to do that you m must lift weights and more specifically the most effective way to do that is to spend majority of your resistance training time in what we call the compound movement patterns you know we have exercises that we have the knee dominant movement pattern that's like squatting exercises those put a lot of mechanical tension on your leg muscles we have hip dominant exercises where like deadlift variations where we're moving the pelvis backwards horizontally in space that's when we're placing a lot of mechanical tension on our hamstrings mm. on our glutes even on our, our back musculature mm. as a whole. Then we have our horizontal pushing movement pattern. That's like a push-up or a bench press. Mm -hmm. Mechanical tension is going through the pecs and through other major pressing muscles of the upper body. We have the horizontal pulling pattern. So that's our rowing. Now again, we're placing mechanical tension on biceps and our back muscles. Then we have the vertical pull, which is your pull-downs and your pull-ups. And then we have the vertical push, which is your shoulder press type movements. Mm -hmm. So if you're a time poor individual, you want to maximize your time at the gym and you want to make sure that you're giving your muscles a growth stimulus and strength gain stimulus, you should invest the large majority of your valuable training time 
on these compound movement patterns. Doesn't mean that you have to do all of them in one workout, mm. but within your training week, you have to cover each one of these movement patterns at least once. Mm. Yeah. And then, now that you've got that, now it becomes a matter of sticking to the principles of exercise science. And by far, the most important principle from exercise science that you need to adhere to if your goal is to build lean muscle tissue and get stronger over time is to apply progressive overload on your muscles, meaning that you do have you have to do more more work over time. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to either do more repetitions, you have to lift more weight, and you have to do more sets over time. Another thing that most people don't consider, um, lifting something for a larger distance. So for example, just doing a better form, that's also uh, a form of applying progressive overload. Mm -hmm. If I'm doing half bench presses like this, whereas if I'm like really taking my muscles through the full range of motion, mm -hmm. like if you were to measure like, okay, how much distance did the, the dumbbell or the implement that you're lifting actually cover? Yeah. It would be much greater. True. So now, of course, the total work is mm. much larger and you, you're you applying progressive overload. That's it. If you think about how many reps you do in one set, maybe 10 to 12 times that by three or four, like there's a lot of extra distance. Yeah. When Once you add that all up. Absolutely. So if we're there already and we're putting in the time, we may as well make the most of it, right? So we don't have all day to train. <laughs> yeah. So many people say that I, I'm really time poor. I can't make it to the gym. But then when we see these people in the gym, then you're, you're just, I don't want to say wasting your time. But let's just say that most people who are time poor, Usually it's these same individuals who are not maximizing the time that they're actually spending in the gym. Yes. Yeah. So now that you've, you've, you're spending the majority of your time on these combat movement patterns, you are tracking your training. For example, I use the my training app. I use it with all my clients, with myself, and anyone who follows my programs. They're going to track every single set, every how many reps did you do, how much weight did you use? And then, of course, like the app knows how many sets did, did you do because it prescribes it to you each and every week. After the training session, the app will actually spit out the report. This is the total amount of volume that you did in this training session. And then when you swipe across, it'll actually break it down for each different exercise. So what you can then do as the weeks go on in the training program, you can pull up the report from week one and you can pull up the report from week five or six of the same training program. And now you can actually see that, wow, I'm actually doing more volume on week five and six. Mm. And that is the only way to really know for sure that you are ticking the box of applying progressive overload and therefore actually progressing with your resistance training in the gym. Mm. Yeah. Like Very if, important. Yeah, like if you're not tracking, you don't know what you're doing. Mm. Yeah. You don't know what you're doing. And it's it's simple, really. It, you know? I know it sounds like it could be really uh, complicated to track what you're doing, but it's no. literally 
what's your weight? Yeah. <laughs> How many reps did I do? There's so many ways to do it. So one way of doing it is to the, the, the most old school method ever, which is to actually bring a notepad with you or a diary into the gym, bring a pen and write down exactly what you did. What exercise did you do? How many reps, sets, weight did you do? And then do it again next week and over the course of the training program and make sure that you're progressing over time. But you know, like from my perspective, like there's nothing wrong, by the way, with bringing a notepad and a pen, piece of paper. That's totally fine. That gets the job done. But that's kind of like making a fire by hitting two rocks together. You know, like it'll get the job done, but <laughs> yeah. it's damn difficult. Whereas nowadays, as a, for instance, I've got a barbecue right there that operates on gas that I can get really hot instantaneously. I don't mm. even need to make the fire. Yeah. So it's kind of the the same principle here. Like we've got these phone apps that can help us because they also do these more advanced calculations and reports on our behalf without us having having to do anything. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So, okay, so we've built some muscle tissue. Yep. We've been showing up at the gym. We've trusted the process. Yep. We're feeling stronger. But I'm looking at myself in the mirror. I'm looking at the scales. And I'm feeling bulky. Yeah. And I feel like you've lied to me. Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You told me I wasn't going to get bulky. Yeah, you told me I wasn't going to get bulky. What's going on? But seriously, like, what's going on? What what are these individuals feeling and what are they going through when when they say, okay, damn, it actually happened. I'm feeling bulky. Mm. Okay. What do you think? Well... Personally, from my experience with my clientele, a big part of it is calorie balance and our the energy balance equation. What do you mean by that? So what do I mean by that is, you know, it's the law of physics. Energy doesn't just come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to come from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going down the wrong place here. Yeah, what I'm what I'm asking <laughs> is like, well, what is it that the calorie balance will do to you? Okay, yes, okay. So I guess if if we're not using those calories, we're not consuming that energy. Oh sorry, we are consuming energy, but we're not exerting our energy, then we're gonna start putting on some mass. So what she's saying is that <laughs> you're actually your problem is not that you become too muscular, but you're actually become fat. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, so, that's it. I that's don't know why I try to cycle around yeah. it. Just get Just straight get to the point. Just get into it. <laughs> that's get it. Get to the freaking point. Get to People the point. People don't have time the whole day. <laughs> Unfortunately, girl, you're putting on body fat. Girl, you're getting fatter. That's it. Unfortunately, and and that's why you think you're bulkier. That's not you... because you put on too much lean muscle tissue. That's right. You know, perhaps yes, you are putting on lean muscle tissue. Yes, you probably are putting on lean muscle tissue. Um, because people who are in a calorie surplus, they're in more of an advantageous position that they're going to put on muscle tissue. Yeah. But it will generally come at the price cost of putting on on putting on fat as yeah. well. Putting and on body fat. Just as an expectation, like when a professional bodybuilder or anyone who is more advanced with their training and they really really try to focus on building muscle tissue 
Those people are really happy if they're putting on half fat, half muscle at any point in time That's for true. a duration of your gaining phase. Mm. And then they try to maintain their new body composition so that their body becomes used to this amount of lean muscle tissue that they have. And then they go through a dieting phase during which they try to get rid of the fat that they build while maintaining as much muscle mass as possible. Yeah. So it's always kind of expected to mm. actually gain a bit of both muscle and fat at the same time yes but i think to purely blame it on lifting weights alone yeah. is come on yeah get out of here yeah we're get past that out of here yeah it's not that you're getting fatter yeah it's just that you you're not moving enough yeah. you're not um you you have no idea of what you're actually consuming and perhaps you're maybe in denial yeah exactly right so it, it's kind of like the the thing we're kind of going here is that well now you actually we've, we've spoken about this more more strategic and this approach where we're measuring things when it mm. comes to training well it now turns out that you have to do the same thing with your your nutrition absolutely you know That's or, it. and or you don't like you're not saying you have to measure every calorie you ever put into your mouth forever mm-hmm. but you do have to develop the skills of being able to control the amount of food that you're putting into your body mm-hmm. so that you know you know where you are yeah that's right you know it doesn't have to be super complicated but for for most people it's it, maybe i can't say this because it's too general but I guess most people would eat relatively the same things each day. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you were to be honest to yourself and you're reflecting perhaps over the last month or two, especially, especially during this winter time, and if you're trying, if you reflect and think, okay, you know what, maybe I have started going to that cafe and I've been grabbing a croissant more times than I usually do during the week. Or you know what, because it's been winter and it's been a little bit colder, I'm not going for that walk after lunch that I usually have. And those things will start to add up and then that will consequently turn into, okay, you're putting on more body fat or whatever it might be, if it's muscle tissue, whatever. Yeah, exactly. So don't conclude that it was because of weight training Mm. and now you're deciding that weight training is not for you and you don't want to do it Mm. and now you're missing out on all the things that we spent 20 minutes talking about earlier all the (laughs) all the benefits of it yeah so the other thing other thing too that we are really focusing on the leaner stronger system which is the coaching program that we do twice a year and the second intake for this year is going to be on the third of October for that you know how the experience is broken down is into two phases so we have a first a six-week muscle building habit building phase and then we have a 12-week dieting phase Mm. so the idea really is that during the first six weeks we try to put a little bit more muscle tissue on your body Mm -hmm. and during this time we're also actually our goal is to eat more food mm. because when you eat more food now 
the amount of calories that your body burns each and every day just through your basal metabolic rate, which it happens unconsciously for you know regulation of heat, digestion, hormonal pr production, that number is actually going to increase when you eat more. And if you mm. eat less, the body responds by reducing that amount of number that you, you spend on, on those metabolic processes each and every week. Mm. So that's a major part of the calorie balance. Another major part of the calorie balance is your NEAT, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. How many calories you're burning each and every day through your unconscious physical activity. Mm -hmm. You know, walking around, fidgeting, using my hands. Mm -hmm. Then we have the physical activity, which mm -hmm. is like when you're actually going into the gym. And then we also have thermic effect of feeding, which is that just absorbing and digesting nutrients is also going to cost some energy. Mm -hmm. So we have these four components of your total daily energy expenditure. And the goal in the first six weeks of the Leaner Stronger experience is to increase the amount of calories that you're burning, not through physical activity, but actually through your basal metabolic rate. Mm. And we also get you to increase your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, your need, by increasing your walking, but just a little bit. Mm. Because that's kind of a, it's a little bit of an ace in the pocket that I actually mm -hmm. kind of want to drop the hammer on the, on the non-exercise activity thermogenesis in the later 12-week phase, the dieting phase, when we're really trying to get rid of the fat. Mm. Yeah. 100%. So how does this relate to um, having more muscle tissue? Mm. Well, it turns out that when if we have you and your identical twin, who are otherwise completely the same, but 